Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the TTE Podcast. And today I've got two real good friends of the pod with me today, Shakara and Solomon. How are you guys doing? Doing well, doing well, my friend. Cannot complain. Fantastic, fantastic. So um, there's something that there's a subject I've been wanting to explore for a minute because um, the last couple episodes I've been really focused on. Uh, George Floyd, uh, what it's like to be black, the trauma of being black, discrimination, all that kind of stuff. So I kind of want to spin this forward a little bit. And so what I kind of want to talk about is equality, because I hear that word tossed around a lot. And so I want to ask you guys. So, Shakar, I'll start with you. If I talked about equality in the sense of like full equality, not like a half-ass equality, like we piecemeal the shit like we do today. Like if we talk, like you can flip a switch tomorrow and it's full equality and everybody's equal. Like it's a star Wars movie. You know what I mean? Cause in a star Wars movie, there's like zero discrimination. Like they all get along. Right. Even in a Marvel movie, like there's no discrimination. We might have some bullshit between us because you know, it's good and evil, but you know, Thanos puts together a, a whole squad of people that look nothing alike, but they're on a mission. Right. So, what does full equality in your mind look like? Damn, Dennis, that's a loaded question. So when you think about equality, my mind goes in a couple different places, right? First, we need equality amongst ourselves, right? And I'm going to stretch a little bit. Stay with me. So within our own community, we still struggle with some of the Willie Lynch, you know, issues, light skin, dark skin, um, Gahanna, Bexley, Hilltop, Bottoms, right? If we're thinking about Columbus as a whole. So if we're, if we're really thinking about equality, we got some homework to do ourselves first. And then once we get collect, and when we're collective, then it stretches, right? But the homework at home, I have to be able to see Dennis as my equal. I can't see Dennis or another pretty woman on the street and think of her as a threat, right? I have to be willing to like, all right, she's working it. When I see someone, I should be able to celebrate each person, no matter what shade they are. So we really can't fight equality or face it or have a real heart-to-heart conversation without doing doing ourselves some justice first, right? We have to be willing to have that conversation amongst ourselves. And then we can start with the real talk. And see, this is why I love you, because you are really, for me, you are like a, like a sister to me, and I love you. I love you too, Dennis. But I couldn't disagree with you more. While everything you said is true, and I agree with that, a lot of what you described is by design. Like it's designed for us. It, the whole system is designed to pit us against each other. So once you get down to your why, once you get down to your nitty gritty, I'm gonna I'm throw out a terminology from work. Once you get down to your five whys, why is it like that? I'm gonna respectfully ask that you do not ask five whys <laughs> on this podcast. We don't do that shit. Well, here. let's do three. This is no, we don't do shit. This is not a goddamn <laughs> Toyota assembly line. We're not asking five whys. We don't do lean around here. But I get what you're saying, though. Yes. I understand the spirit of what you're saying, like 110. percent Like I understand the spirit of what you're saying. But for me, for me, 
until we address some of the stuff that's systemic and institutional, everything you said is always going to happen. But that is systemic. No, you I'm not, read, you and, read really Willie Lynch. And, yeah, bro, yeah, I did, and and I agree with you that that mindset is systemic. But I'm talking about the root cause of where that comes from is greater than. Well, it's divide, right? Right. We're it's so it's division. We can't conquer anything. Right, we can't conquer anything if we're not all together. Well, you're right, but what I'm saying is, for us to come together is a separate conversation from the division that's inside the culture. Those are two separate things in my mind. The culture could come together easier if I remove some of the systemic and institutional barriers. And the institutional but, and systemic yeah. barriers are color. They are class. They are education. They are amongst ourselves. And that's where we disagree. And I'm glad that we disagree this early in this episode. <laughs> this is good. This is good. good. I love you, but I disagree with you. But I, I, you I disagree with you, Dennis, okay. on the fact that we can't talk about equality on outside of the race, outside of the black community, mm -hmm. because we have to be together for anyone to to take us seriously. If, if that makes sense, no, a hundred and ten percent. I agree. We have to be together and we have to be unified. And But we're not a monolith. There's always going to be division. That's always going to be there. But what I'm saying is is that... Always, but, but on what but, level? But there should be division where how we were treated under the law. Right. And that's what I'm getting at. That sort of institutional systemic discrimination, we have to address that first before we get to... Everything else that's inside the but culture. I and this is where you and I, Shakar, disagree. Yeah. But I get what you're head. saying, Solomon, and I'm with you on that. We have to address it there because it all stems from that. It all stems from that. But what? But why does it stem from that? And you told me not to ask you why, but you know I'm so, going so to... So I'm going to give, I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to give you an example. So I have people in my family who um, are very color conscious, right? So that comes from, that's handed down generation through generation. That's that generational trauma that's sort of passed. But have you ever seen the movie, uh, The Imitation of Life? Of course. Okay. Where that young woman was passing as white and her mother was dark skinned, passing as white. I know people who still operate with that mindset. That comes from slavery because if you were light-skinned if you were fair-skinned you stood a chance of having a better life and you weren't living an oppressed life it comes from that institutional and systematic oppression but you were but not to the extent of the dark skin one right but what i'm saying is that sort of approach and mindset is permeated everything that's the root cause that you're talking about your mm -hmm. five whys that's the brute cause. Mm -hmm. We have to address it at the source. Mm -hmm. That's the source, not the division between us in the culture. So, but it that is a division. symptom, right? But that's a symptom. It's not root cause. Are we going to disagree again? Let's do it. That's what we're here for. That's the whole purpose of this platform is for us to have these conversations. You, I'm telling you, address, when you address that mentality, right, the whole change, it opens up so many doors. It opens up so many doors. We can have conversation, right? We can talk about voting rights. We can talk about the change in people's mind 
regarding voting. I, I, we still know people then to this day that will not vote. Yes. Will not vote right. after, after but, all this shit that happened. And, and that's still the won't thing. Vote. We know people that so will not vote, but will drop an MLK quote in a heartbeat. That's the sort of, and, and it's that disconnect that I find frustrating. Do you know MLK is like the worst day of the year to me? Because I see so many people drop MLK quotes, and and if he was alive today, you would tell him he's radical, he's Black Lives Matter, and you would try to eliminate him in any way you could. But because he's not around, and you know that people rally around these quotes that you say it all this, like it's legitimately one of the worst days of yeah. the year for me. Yeah, he was he was on a terrorist list. So That's we, what we, we know that. I mean. Right? He's glorified today, but he was right. He was in but if he years. was around today, you people would not glorify him. No. They would be trying to find a way to politicize him and take him out. Yeah, and call him all kind of names. Oh, call him all kind of names. Absolutely, without question. I, I, I I'm really frustrated by that day. But I digress. I'm really frustrated that you disagree with me, but let's 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 have that in. But let's that's good. I'm glad that you disagree with me because but no one I should do. agree with everybody all the time. It's true. I understand what where he's coming from, what he's saying, mm -hmm. because that's you saying that's the sim, that's the symptom. It's a symptom. I'm not a clinical psychologist. Oh, well, none of us are. But but diagnose it, doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Do your thing. It's 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 it has its roots. How how we treat each other, how we can come together as a unit. Mm -hmm. If you come together as a unit to fight something that's in front of you Any you have no strength you much more yes, forceful there's strength than, in numbers right than if you fight individual right there's strength in numbers and so i get it like we need to come together collectively as a people i totally on board with yeah. that and, and that I, comes that comes from a mentality change that talks about you know financially right we we work in the finance industry how many people know something about an annuity or life insurance policy. What what are we teaching other people so we can all become collective, right? right. Are, are we teaching kids about credit when they're young? Are we how, th that collective? No, no. And you're 100% right on that, but that you're making my point for me. It's all designed to keep you separated. Think about it. The reason why no one has a pension anymore is because they figured out this is way too risky for us to guarantee everybody's retirement. So we're going to put it on you. Individual responsibility. That's what you hear from conservatives all the time. We're going to put the onus on you. But for us, we have that inside baseball knowledge because this is what we do for a living. Mm -hmm. So when I talk to people and like they're, they do hair, they're nurses or whatever. First thing I'm going to ask them is, okay, are you saving for retirement? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, how much are you saving? Oh, I saved that 5%. With no pension, that number needs to be 17%. And they don't know that. So when I tell them, they shit a brick. They're like, how the fuck am I going to save 17% when I got kids to feed and rent to pay and everything? Right. That's the systematic institutional shit that I'm talking about. That has to be addressed first. Now, I know that I sound like a socialist. And, I don't, and I'm not a socialist. Like, I want to be clear. I am a capitalist. I'm, I'm not a socialist. But here's the dirty secret about socialism. It works. And because it works, because all socialism is, it means the people own the means of production. It's not what Trump says it is. It's not what Marjorie Taylor Greene says it is. It's the people own the means of production. 
But in a capitalist society, corporate corporations, businesses own the means of production. I am of the belief that you can achieve a balance. You can do capitalism with guardrails where you don't alienate so many people economically. But being you can, black, you can do that? I believe on, a, on an individual basis? Hold on. I believe it's possible in this country, yes. But do we have to work harder? And overcome all their obstacles? Absolutely. Because you're making my point. That's the institutional systematic shit that's in place that we have to get rid of. Once that's removed and we have real full equality, then we can tackle the stuff that you're talking about. So, my, no, go ahead. my question is the reason, the reason we are where we are at the end of the day is profit. No matter how you look at it, there are people benefiting from that system. Right. They, they benefit off the division. They benefit from that system of the division of whatever you might want to call it. You being here, me being down, they're profiting from that. So once you try to take that away, you're digging into their pocket and they come at you with full force. That's why they don't want people united. Think about it this way. And I, I mentioned this in the... Uh, the meeting we had the other day at work, and I said it on purpose um, because I wanted a specific response from somebody, and they gave me that response. Here's a radical idea that I know has no chance of ever happening. But if you are a marginalized person in this country, black, Asian, Latino, gay, transgender, a woman, if you are a marginalized person, what if all marginalized people stop paying taxes? Because effectively, you're funding your own oppression. If all marginalized people in this country said Native American, whatever, you know, if they all said, I'm not paying taxes until this shit gets fixed. But this is how you hear you where you will run into problems because right. all those people work for corporations well, and your taxes are taken before you. Well, it's that money. and the IRS is always going to come after you, you for the money. Individually. The only way to collapse the system is if everybody said we weren't going to pay taxes. If I say I'm not paying, that's great. No. But they're still going to come after me for the but money. You, you don't have any say in that. If you're hired by a corporation, you do not. You do not have a say in what percentage of your tax is taken. That's right. If you work for a corporation, you get your check after your taxes are deducted and everything else. Yeah, you, you're slotted. Yes. Based on your pay, you're slotted. You don't have any now, say. The only thing, the only way that could happen is through strikes. You right. don't go to work, they don't make money, the government doesn't get taxes. But that's something that's not that's 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 very very unrealistic. Right, that's what I'm saying. That's it's, a radical it's idea. It's unrealistic now. How did it happen before in the '60s? They have a support system. Bingo. They were collective. They were collective. This is a support system. Right, because and again, that's a function of history of years and years of segregation. There was a support system, right? Because we're all together, like. Think about yeah, you're it. making her point though, because after reconstruction, yeah, after yeah, reconstruction, black people have their own businesses, their own communities. We patronize each other, right? B because of segregation, because of segregation, right? So, give me your thought segregation versus desegregation. Were we better then than we are now? I know people who believe we were better off as a people when we were segregated. I know people that believe that. What is your thought? I don't agree with that. Why? There's no 
There is no way I can wrap my my mind around the concept that we're all separate, and but yet equal. we're separate but equal. Yeah, it, 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 it doesn't. There's make a disconnect sense. there for me. Yeah. That because at the end of the day, we're all human beings. You didn't have any say in being a black woman. I had no say in being a black man. But but you have to be an open-minded right person to think like that. Well, the, oh, that's what I'm saying. Right? So we're dealing with tons of ignorance. Yes, and I get it. And, and and to be clear, there is a river of ignorance that runs through this country. Let me think about it. I, I yet to have anybody explain to me why the color of my skin scares you so much. No one can. No one can explain they this. They can't to me. explain it to you because, like you I'm, said, from I'm the onset. This is how the system was built. That's right. In order for them, someone to prosper, they have to stand on your shoulder. Yeah. And to justify that, they have to tell people that you are not a human being. They have to dehumanize you. That's right. By putting out images of you out there that are not human. Right. They will treat you like you're not a human being. That's how they justify the oppression. That's right. You don't feel the pain. 100%. And listen, apply that logic to Latinos, Asian Americans, LGBTQ, women. I mean, think about it. It's fear. It's fear. It's, it's, it's fear of someone looking in you in the eye who is different from you and demanding to be treated equal. There's something fearful about that for a subset of people in this country. So how do you get rid of that fear? Right? You get people to pause. You get people to think. People to check their unconscious biases. But that takes you to stop and think real slow. The human mind is not built like that. Right? The book Thinking Fast and Thinking Slow is probably one of the best books I've ever read in my life. I still keep it by my bedside because I can refer to it. Right? Once you learn to slow down and think and not cast that fear that those images you've been getting all your whole life about what a black man really is, it's just the opposite. But you two are the opposite. Brian is the opposite of everything. As a black woman growing up in a black neighborhood, have learned about black men. Right. But what I would also say is that's only true if you're willing to slow down and listen. There are people who are out here all gas, no brakes. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the best example I can give you is some of these stories in the past year about these nurses working in ICU who are treating people who are infected with COVID, who are on the verge of dying, and these people still believe that COVID is a hoax. Yes. Like, you are literally about to die from the thing that is going to kill you that you don't believe exists. Or, let me say it a different way. You cannot fight an enemy that you do not believe exists, and it's even harder to defeat an enemy that you cannot see. 1984. Right? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how COVID works. That's ultimately how like white supremacy works. It's totally invisible to people who benefit from it. Not all, but a lot of people that benefit from it. It's totally invisible to them, but it's all too real for the people that are being oppressed by it. And so like COVID, if you don't believe it's real, if you don't believe it exists, then there is no common enemy at all. And people are profiting off of the division. But that's how it's always and it's, been. It, but it was built uh, to my. That's it's how, it's Solomon. That's been. exactly my point. It was built like that by design. It was built like that. 
That's what we have to address. But the problem is, and I'm going to fast forward a little bit. So is equality a zero-sum game? No, it's not. Bingo. For, it's for, not. And that's the dirty lie. Not, it's not. You're not losing anything. But you have to convince people of that. And that's where it stops. Right. right. We say no, it's not. But you have to convince the person two seats over from you to think that their equality or my equality means I'm taking something from them. It's not. I'm not right? taking something. That's, that's but but that's how where is that my responsibility lies. to you as an adult, as a human being? Mm-hmm. You should think for yourself, but that's the problem. People are lazy. Yes. It's people regurgitate lazy. stuff that they hear. People they are, are lazy. very lazy. They don't want to think for themselves. You just repeat what you hear someone say. Right. How is my right as a human or, being? Because he, 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 let me explain this. Every human being on planet, planet Earth is born free. You are not born with any shackles, any chains. People put that on you. Yes. People put that on us for whatever reason it is. And it is for selfish reasons usually. It's, it's driven greed. by money, greed. Right. 100%. For you to succeed, that means that you have to oppress me. But the success of the oppression is when you put those shackles on yourself. The mentality. The mentality. The mentality. Back, to, back to what I said. The mentality of mindset. Once you change someone's mindset, that's when you become free. So that guy that think that I'm taking his job because I'm a black female and I'm educated and I'm overqualified, he has to realize that. Right? So you're saying, is the, oh, he's free. He can think. No. He's no, 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 no. What, I, what I'm saying is every human being is born free. People impose things on you as a human being. Mm-hmm. They take your freedom away. You're given that you were born free. You weren't born with any shackles. Not, nobody is. I mean, they will take it away from you if you let them. Right. They, because they built a system around it so they can profit from it. Exactly. But my point is... It shouldn't be my responsibility to educate you, to value me as a human being. But see, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you for the simple fact that we know how the system is built. So what I feel my job is, I'm not going to over explain, but I'm definitely going to, I'm going to bust you, right? I'm going to, from a mentality standpoint, these are all the myths that you think about an angry black woman or because my voice may rise a little bit, right? Right. I've been in meetings with plenty of people and their voice rise. And no one says, oh, now I'm scared. Now I'm this. Now I'm that. No one says that's that. That's an unconscious so, bias that so kicks that's in. unconscious bias. So you say it's not your job to, ed- to, to teach them. Ed- I think it is because he's been ingrained. It's been ingrained in this person. That right. me, but me having the same freedom as he wants or he has. He doesn't think I away. deserve it. So that's on him. That's that tells me your level of intelligence. That's the system. But, the system told but Shakara, what you just described is exhausting. It's exhausting for me to go around the world doing that. Because I, I don't think it. it's I don't think it's going it's ex- around the world. It's one by one. No, so if you did it, but no, no, no but I get what you're saying. But it's exhausting to have to go through your life, through your How existence, and calculate. Okay, this person's body language did this, so therefore this is the action that I need to take. Or you said this, but you said it in this tone, so I need to think about how you said it in that tone before I measure my response. That is exhausting. 
So this is why we are exhausted. Because guess what, Dennis? That's how I was raised. No, exactly. And but, right? so but, but, we, but we are tired. But we're, as we, a you're right, and we're raised that way because it's a defense mechanism to keep us safe. But what I'm saying is, and I don't um, disparage people who are older than us that raised us in that way because they didn't know any better. What I'm acknowledging is that it's exhausting. The one benefit, if there's a silver lining in COVID, is that COVID blew all inequality out of the water. It's all out of the table now. All levels of inequality, whether it's economic, whether it's racism, healthcare, think about any level of inequality that you can think of, COVID exposed it all. So the question becomes, and this is something that my brother used to tell me all the time, you can't unknow something. Once you know it, it, that's it. You know it. So what are we going to do about it? That's the $64,000 question. We've got massive levels of inequality. You start to see now economically that businesses are responding to that because they can't hire the people that they laid off because no one's going back to work at $7.25 an hour because you can't feed your family on that. There was an ice cream parlor somewhere in the country I read this week that they started offering $15 an hour to work at an ice cream parlor. The guy said he had a thousand applications in two days. He said the quality of his service quality went through the roof. You have to pay people a wage they can live on. This this would not have happened if COVID hadn't pushed it there. And I'm sad that 600,000 people had to die in this country before we realized that this is what we need to do. But that's the only silver lining out of COVID is that it totally blew open how massive inequality is. And my point is, is that it was all by design. We have to change it systemically, institutionally. And then once that happens, we can then have a conversation within the culture about all the things that you're talking about. But otherwise, in a capitalistic society, you're just going to have block after block gentrified because the system marches on. And it does that by design. Go ahead. Go ahead. The design is what, Dennis? What is the design? Is it money? Is it you? People. It's, there's profit it's, in people keeping people sick, keeping people ignorant. Keeping right? people. There's, money to, but, there's, there's but, money to be made. But here's think the thing. about equality in any way. There was always money in division, segregation, racism. There was always money in There's it. There's always going to be money in it. But hold on. Maybe not. I'm going to give you an example. So if you know who Bumani Jones is, he works for ESPN. A year ago, everybody's coming out with these statements after George Floyd got killed about Black Lives Matter and we stand for it. We're not for inequality and all that kind of stuff. He put on Twitter, he was like, I wonder what the Wrangler company is doing and whether or not they're making statements about Black Lives Matter and everything. Wrangler hadn't said a fucking word up to that point. He put that on Twitter, and in 24 hours, Wrangler had a statement. Who do you know that looks like us that buys Wrangler jeans? That we are not the target market. They were forced to come out with a statement because everybody else is. And my point is that, going back to your point, Solomon, it's the money that talks. 
you can't afford anymore to even appear that you might be racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, all of that stuff. Because guess what? Muslim people spend money. Latinos spend money. And money talks. So if Wrangler can have a Black Lives Matter statement, everybody else is going to have to have one too. That's where it changes because you hit people where it hurts. You hit people in their wallet. So how do we do that as a people? That's what I'm saying. If we're collective, if we do a blackout day, a true blackout day, when even the hottest Jordans go on sale, you're like, no, not buying them. Period, point blank. So how do we hit people in the pocket? Right? We can't do that if we're not collective. We're not you can't do it if if I'm judging if you have the hottest thing or not. Right? But what but what? we've been taught that to wear our money and to show our money and to do this and to do that. We have to bring that back in. You're right, but what I'm saying is that doesn't happen overnight. And I think those this this leads me into the next part that I want to cover but, is what are the obstacles that remain to achieve that full equality? What are the obstacles? Yeah. I think the number one thing people have to do is you have to participate in the political process. I would you agree. have to. Your city government, your local government, they, they, they make laws. They, they, make, they write ordinances. But that, that comes from an understanding, right? So you have to understand how important it is to vote on a local level. You have... So a lot of times people think it's only the presidential election, right? But here's the thing, though: young people have to run for office. If you if if you have the charisma, if you have the intellect, if you have the the will to do it, and you want to see change, you run for office. You run for something in order to affect the change. And that would be true if money wasn't such an issue in politics, because you need the machine behind you in order to get to a point where you can actually affect change. Like I, so in what runs? Like this is this is. I don't mean this to come off as like any in any form arrogant or conceited, but I have had people approach me saying you should really seriously consider running for office, and I won't do it because I'm not going to get on the phone and start begging people for money for my campaign. Now I'm no different than anybody else because I can't affect the change I want to affect because I have to affect the change that the people who pay who paid into the campaign want to see but that that's not how it's supposed to work that's not how it's supposed to work but if you really want it to work you would put in the effort you would knock on doors you would write letters you would call people you would make that and what you're happen. talking about is being an activist you have to yeah exactly exactly i agree but it starts there. That's 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 locally. That's, like what locally. you're talking about is local po- like your local prosecutor has more direct impact on your, your life, life than any congressman, any congressman or, senator, or senator. Senator, you know, the police union contract in your town has more impact on how you go about your life than anything the president can do, do. Republican or the Democrat. Democrat. But most people don't know that because they get their information from the news and the news tell them that Biden is evil or Trump is evil. And the truth of the matter is those guys have little to no impact on your day-to-day life. And, 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 and number two, the president doesn't write any laws. That's, that's Congress. That's the legislative body. They write laws. He just signed this stuff. But what are the laws they are, they're putting in place? So let me to cut you off. 
But I had a conversation. You know, I've talked to my boys a lot and my nephews. Why do you do that? Because I love them. I'm <laughs> and they love me. So, the, talking to Aziz, my oldest nephew, well, he's in the middle, but he's just graduating and he's on his way to Xavier University. And currently, he wants to major in English. He's into journalism and rhetoric and all that kind of good stuff. My question to him was similar. He said, Auntie, we really can't change anything until you flip all of Congress. Once you make that, and if, and if he had a magic wand, this is what he would do. Mm-hmm. You flip it and you turn it into young people, right? Young, young, the, the youth, that's what's changing. So term limits. Yes. In effect. Yes. I think it's that, but I also think it's gerrymandering. Have you ever oh, seen a congressional have you seen a congressional district oh, drawn? My goodness. It logically makes no sense yep. at all. And but and, they know about that. But now. but to be clear, to be clear, both sides I'm not a big fan of like same siding an issue, but to be clear, both sides gerrymandered the hell out of shit to maintain the power because it's the power. It's the power and the access to power that people get. And that's human nature. It's the same reason why you go to another country and that country has a hard time moving from third world to second world or second world to first world because corruption. Once you get a hold of the power, you're not going to let it go. Because, listen, Captain America and them fought, fought Thanos for two movies over this fucking gauntlet and the stones and the power that comes with the stones. Like, that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. And that's an obstacle to get in the way because you can appeal to your better angels all day. But once you get a taste of that power or you get taste to the access that comes with the power, you never. A lot of money. And honestly, that's a dark side of capitalism because there's a dark side of the moon to everything. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a dark side of the moon to everything mm-hmm. for all of capitalism's greatness. And I and again, I'm a capitalist. I don't believe in true socialism all the way through and this and the third. But there's a dark side to the moon to it. Like capitalism without guardrails doesn't work. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I don't believe in putting a cap on how much money you can make if you're successful. We need and America's not. So how do you open that capital? Right? How do you open that capital to us? Right. So what are those obstacles? But before we can open it up, we can't be perceived as a threat. You cannot. As long as as long as I'm perceived as a threat, it'll never be open to me. Not fully. And I know you said it's exhausting, but how how do you lessen that threat, right? So how do you how do you bring it down a notch? So are you supposed to? So no no no. And that's a question. So here's how I do it. And I hate to say this, but I do it. My brother and I have we believe in this concept. It's called non-threatening black man status. I need to make everybody around me who is not black as comfortable as possible. Because once they no longer perceive me as a threat, the likelihood that they'll see me as a human being goes up exponentially. I have to disarm them of their fear. So it's that's the exact exhausting. Same, but that's the exact same, exact same thing I was talking about. Right. And, and it is exhausting. I totally get it. But you do it one by one. Right. So if we as a collective have a mentality, hey, look, we we have a narrative to change. as Right. People. But the question is, I shouldn't have to do that in order to reach full equality. I should be able to be I my agree. authentic self and be accepted. But I can't. So it's the trade off. Me 
being that way and being calculating in order to achieve full equality? I don't know if that's the answer to the question. I agree with you. But I'm acknowledging how exhausting it is. Yeah, that's why you said we're but tired. Here's my question, though. It all comes to decency. Right. How do you treat your fellow human being? Yes. But when you see a person less than, it's hard for you to treat them decent. If you have that, if you have that built-in bias about this person or these people as a group, it's hard for you to treat everyone with that decency without taking a pause, right? But you have to. People have to be willing to take a pause. Human nature, you don't. I don't think. But so. I don't think so. I, don't I disagree think so. with you. Yeah. I think it's right and wrong. In a vacuum, I'm with you. Individually, if I see you as a human being, I'm most likely to treat you as a human being. Human rights are human rights. I don't care who you are, where you're from, what your background is, how you identify. Human rights are human rights. But Shakara, the difference is, and this I think where me and Solomon disagree, and I don't want to speak for you, Solomon. But my sense of it is this. You and I both know people that genuinely love and care about us who do not look like us, who don't share the same religious beliefs or the same political beliefs. Because we... But, change their perception. But hold on. And we may have changed their perception on an individual basis. They know who we are. They genuinely care about us as people. Mm -hmm. But the difference is this. Those people that genuinely love and care about us as individuals mm -hmm. will go into a voting booth and vote for someone who will enact legislation that harms us. And will come out and say, but I still care about you. And that's the disconnect because they haven't connected the two because, again, it's presented as a zero-sum game. And if there's one thing I want people to take away from this is that equality is not a zero-sum game. You are not going to lose anything if marginalized people gain equality. And the best example of this is the TED Talk that Heather McGee gave. Yeah. Where in Birmingham in the late 1950s, they built the nicest public pool in the city. And then it was whites only. So the black residents sue, say, you can't use our property tax to pay for a pool that we can't use. The, the court agreed with them. So the city drained the pool and no one got to use it. Now, no one benefits from this kick-ass pool because of that type of mentality. It's not a zero-sum game. And the people that did that were the people on top, the people who were doing That's right. Those. That's because right. Because they have to make the black people look a certain way. Right, because they want to maintain the power and they have to maintain the status quo. And the status quo was passed down to them. And that's where I'm going, circling all the way back to the beginning. We have to address it there. That's the root cause. Explain to me why you see me as a threat simply because I'm six foot three and I'm black. Explain to me why you're scared because I quote unquote fit the description when you don't even know no. me. And you won't even take the time to get to know me. Because and, and you know, the thing is, the, mo the, 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 the most integrated areas are the most tolerant areas. Because you get to deal with the people that are different from you. I'm glad you said this. So I'm going to give a really good example of that. I, um, shout out to my brother and his wife. They just closed in their house today. So congratulations. congratulations. But while they were searching for a house, uh, my brother had to work. So I stepped in for him to go view a house with him and his wife and the kids. And it was in a neighborhood that we grew up in before we um, 
moved to the neighborhood that we ultimately grew up in. And this is how crazy the market is right now. I got there probably 10 minutes before the showing. There was already one group in there looking at it, four more groups waiting to look at it, including us. And then by the time we got to go look at it, there were seven more groups. But the difference was this. Based on the price point, it was it was America. There were white folks, black folks, Asian folks, Latino folks, interracial couples, uh, uh, gay couples, straight couples. Like It didn't matter because it comes to a point where all that has to go out the window if we're talking about the money. And I think that's where it changes. It changes because the money talks. No one's going to lose out on the money. It's not profitable to be racist. And the other thing, too, is we've got an entire generation of kids now that came up whose heroes are not Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth. Their heroes are Young Thug and an Asian doctor who got their PhD, got three PhDs at the age of 19. These people are their heroes. And the more your heroes become diversified, the more you can see yourself in other people. Like Mina Kimes is a really good example. She's a she's an she's the only female NFL analyst on ESPN, and she's Korean. Do you know how powerful that is if you're a Korean girl to see someone that looks like you that comes from your background, and you see them on TV, and you know now what's possible. Like, don't get me wrong. At this point, there is zero excuse for you to ever say you can't be the president of the United States. It is absolutely possible. But that that doesn't mean that it's not going to be harder for you. And what I'm talking about is how do we make it so it's equal? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see. It's always going to be hard, but it shouldn't be three, four, five times as hard. That's what equality looks like. Everybody goes through pain. Everybody goes through struggle. You make but you're not going better. through pain or struggle because of the color of your skin, the God that you worship, how you identify, who you love. Those are extra burdens that the system is designed to oppress you because of something that's out of your control. And that's what we have to address. And you address it by... To me, you address, and this is why we're having this conversation, you address it by, to Solomon's point, working on your local level. It starts on a local level. It doesn't start with the president. It doesn't start with Congress. It doesn't start with any of that. Because if it got to that level, they're always going to overreact. Think about how they reacted to crack. Yeah. Basketball sentences. You're getting 40 to life because you had five grams of crack. We had a war on drugs, and the war, and guess what? Drugs won. No one, the only people that benefited from the war on drugs is the prison industrial complex. complex. Yes. That's the only people that benefited from the war on drugs we lost. We spent so much government money fighting a war that we were never going to win. But here we go. This is, this is my, this is where I was going. You have to put people in place who will change these laws. But in who order to do that, you need to teach the people the system. You need it's it starts. I I walked into the voting booth with my grandparents when I was knee high. My grandmother dressed me up, she dressed up, she walked into that booth. My mom votes if they're gonna vote on who's cutting the grass. We that's just how I was not I can tell you out of all of my friends, 
Not everybody has that same mentality. Right? So we can sit here and say local and, you know, this and this and that. But it starts with a mentality change. It starts with the education. Once it you starts in the person, home is what you're saying. Yes. Once, you, once it starts at home and you give them that education, that's when things change. Right. Right? So I need to be able to talk to my neighbor over here who's teaching her kid to twerk versus going to vote. So when, when no, I, no, 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 no. You need to do both. Yes. You, yes, you can today. You know why? Because if you talk to that neighbor's kid, she's going to come out and cuss you out. The mentality has to change. Yes. That's what, when she started was, we have to change within. And I agree with that. It starts from home. It starts with us. And I don't disagree with that. Yeah. The system is there. We know that throughout, throughout segregation, Throughout all of this, the system was there. But in spite of all of that, we were able to thrive. You know why? Because we had each other. Mm -hmm. We look at each other. We respected each other. We treat our stuff with care. Our neighborhoods. Our neighborhoods. Our clothes, our, when, when I was growing up, my grandmother seamstress. Everyone she went to. The meat market. All that. It was, it was within her safe space. Right? So I was taught within a safe space. I don't know how many people have that these days, right? We have social media, we have people getting stuff from their new Facebook. Big, big, big mama's thirty-five. She out here in the club <laughs> trying to get it. You know what I'm saying? You're right. I, right? I saw I saw her last week. Big mama was shaking her ass. I saw it. Well, you know, and I, you and I talk about this a Get lot. it, girl. <laughs> you have you know, we have Tupac songs, Brenda got a baby, right? If we think about it and you go all the way back. Now, that particular song, that person's probably a great-grandmother by now, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Right? For sure. So, and, she, and she's still only 50-something at this point. If we really sit around and do our math, that's young, right? But so you have, and I'm speaking, I have my daughter at 17 years old. I was a baby having a baby. But my mom taught me a lesson. Those same lessons that my mom and my grandmother taught me is within my daughter. Right. So the voting, the local voting, she'll come, she'll drive home to vote if she has to. But that's the blessing. But not everybody has that. So that's why it's my job to teach the next person and have that conversation with somebody that looks like me and not judge that person that looks like me. Right. She just may not know. She may not have been as lucky as I was. Right. She may. That, that is that's, that's where we have to start. So if it's me and if it's someone else that looks like me and she's teaching this person and that person and then. As a collective, we can say, this is how we change. This is how we do things. We get the system because we know how the system works. Maybe. I don't know. Like, Keep drinking. Change your mind. I'm not fucking with you. <laughs> All, I, I hear what you're saying. And there's a lot of obstacles to it in the whole nine. But... There is a level of individual responsibility, which is what I think you're getting at. This is what my conservative friends say all the time. It is about that individual responsibility in the sense that they're, and I tell my conservative friends all the time, all things being equal, I would probably be conservative because on principle, I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. The problem is when we try to change the law in a way that affects equality and lifts people up, you guys are all against it. So on principle, I could never be conservative but at the same time i'm not liberal because i just don't think you can be liberal about everything 
I don't think you're going to be conservative about everything. I think the situation dictates how you move. But right now, it's an absolute sort of thing. You have, it's almost as if you move to Alabama and people do not know how to treat you unless you tell them you root for Alabama or you root for Auburn. Once you declare which side you're on, people know how to treat you. And what I'm saying is, I don't care for either of these teams. I just want to do what's right. You want to be independent. Right. I just want to do it. And, and again, in theory, I would be, I would lean more conservative. But when I hear conservative people talk and you stand in the way of equality on technicalities and all this other stuff and blah, 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 I can't go for that. But at the same time, when I hear liberals talk, I'm like, there's no way in hell you're going to get that off. You are literally selling something you cannot deliver. So, so, right. So, right. So, Where's the middle ground? Because honestly, that's where we're all at. We're all in the middle. Mm -hmm. Shades of gray. But we're all in the middle to some degree. But everything got polarized. Because all we want to do is live in good neighborhoods, raise our kids in a safe environment, make as much money as we can, live a comfortable life, get educated, you know, have a fire pit in the backyard, smoke a cigar, and... You know what I'm saying? A glass of wine. A glass of wine and, you know, and and that's what we all want to do. But it's set up in a way that prevents us from all achieving that. And listen, I'm not saying you shouldn't work hard to achieve the things that you get in your life. And we all do. You you know what I mean? We wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation. I'm all for hard work. Hard work has never hurt anybody. I'm all for that. And I'm not for, the government can't solve every issue, nor should it. The government is here to do for us what we can do for ourselves individually. As a collective, they can. I'm sorry. As a collective, they can. But what she, what she was saying, we have to take it. Individual responsibility plays a part in this. Mm-hmm. But it's not to equality, because when I would say equality, as a human being, we all know. The people that are making these laws, they know right from wrong. When you see it, you know it. Right. Why are these things in place? But you have to have the courage to be able to say it, right? Then it takes it takes courage. You got to be vulnerable enough to say, "Ooh, that is right." In the face of people that look like you. But but what you just described is the state of our politics, and that gets in the way of equality. Because people know what the right thing to do is. Like, for instance, people know it was wrong for people to storm the Capitol on January 6th, yet there are people out there saying we don't need to investigate that. That's the politics that kicks That's in. the profit. That, right. Because they profit off of that. They profit off well, of that. Well, think about it. You, you have to be really courageous to say what they did. I know they look like this, me. I know they look like me. But what they did was wrong. And there are people that are willing to do that. There are. But they're going to pay a price politically. So be it. Right. That takes courage. It does, but not everybody's got that. Because So I'm, what do you do with those people? I don't know what the answer is. You collaborate, you canvas, you get your right people in place, get them out. But you can't get them out when it's gerrymandered to hell. You can't. It's built in. Yes, you can. How? Just like Ohio if, I, did. if I ran against Jim Jordan and said I want to run for Congress in Jim Jordan's district, they're going to redistrict Ohio. Right, and when they do, when they do, 
there's a particular political party that controls the legislature. They will draw it to their favor. But that's not no, no longer going to be the case. The citizens will decide that in Ohio. So that changed. So the legislature doesn't decide that. It's what you're saying. It's a bipartisan commission that decides. That, I think the, so. I'm not. I'm not sure on that. Okay. But I think that was we voted on that in 20. I hope. I hope that's true. I think. I it should be did. an independent bipartisan. It shouldn't have anything to do. It should be some independent people that draw it up to make it fair and equitable. But I think the legislature still. Draw the lines with the people. They they, they okay. have a committee so, that will so the public's got some influence in, in, in it. Input in it. I'm not sure about it. Input. The got okay. Input in That's it. fair. So you won't have districts that are like what do you call it? Swiss cheese or whatever you might want yeah, to call yeah, yeah, yeah. it. You have a district that runs from Westerville to Zanesville. Right. Like, like in no way does that it makes make sense. sense because the people in Westerville will probably see things different than the people in Zanesville because that's not the same existence. No. It just isn't. No, culture is different. Right, exactly. It's, it's different interests. Those are yeah. two different worlds, Zanesville mm-hmm. and Westerville, and I'm not going to explain how I know that. <laughs> mm. You know, that was my next question. Yeah, stay away from that. Okay. And some parts of Columbus. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yes. But equality. It's a loaded question. It, it is. It is a loaded question. And this question. is why I wanted to have this conversation because it's not it's not a straight line. It's not. It's not a straight line. But I think the biggest thing is it's also not a zero sum game. No, no, it's not. You it's are not. not going to lose something if I if you if if overnight if women were paid equal to men, men are not going to lose anything. But see what some men may think is what are they gonna do with that money? What are they gonna do with that equality? It's fair. But, but here's the thing. They're going to do whatever the fuck they want to do with it because it's theirs. You don't get to spend other people's money. Right. Stop pocket watching. That's the bullshit. <laughs> See what I'm saying? That's the bullshit. If, right. you, if you achieve full equality, you don't get to determine what I do with it no. once I get it. Because no. no. I'm not pocket watching you. But here's the thing, though. Now you have to be... When you say full equality, when it comes to things like that, because our skill sets are different. You cannot pay you the same amount of money than you would pay another person because your skill sets are different. You, well, what? You, you, would, you, in, you would, what you bring to the table are totally different things. Right. But it's same skill sets the same. Everything it should is be the same. same. It should be. It should be. Your, 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 your pay base should be the same if if that's the rate. And Dennis, and when I say what she's going to do with that money, maybe that's some people's thought process is. Now, what is she going to do with that equality? She thinks she's just as equal as I am. Because she is. Thank you. And that's the problem. The fact that you thought, you, the fact that you had that thought that, oh, what is she going to do with it? That's the fucking issue. That's the issue. That's the fucking issue. Right? Right so How there. do you make that person see no matter what? But what I'm saying is I'm not interested in making them see. I don't give a shit if they see. We got to do what's right. Is there a right. decision maker? Because think about it. If we had to wait for everybody to see, we wouldn't be where we're at right now. Where we are right we're now is because at one point there was a collective, right? And I'm not saying at one point in history there's people voted and we've been collective for a while. If we just make it broader. Right. But you're not losing anything if we brought no. if we broaden it. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Dennis. Thank you. Now we've really come full circle. Thank you for coming around. Do say, baby. Welcome to the dark side. You still thinking over there? I'm still thinking because 
It's a loaded question. It it's, is. It's when you it say is. it is. It's not an easy thing to unpack. That's why I want to talk it's, to you guys about it's, it it's, because it's, it's not. It's a lot to unpack. It's not a. It's a it's a rhetorical question that requires context and nuance. And we've bounced around a ton on this, and that's okay because honestly, your mind ping pongs back and forth about all of this shit. If you actually, to your point, stop and think about it, your mind's gonna go all over the place. I don't pretend to have the answers. The only thing I know is we can't get better if we don't talk about it. Yes. We 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 can only get better if we talk about it. And you and that conversation comes with again courage, right? You have to be vulnerable enough, right? You you can't have one without the other, but someone has to be able to say, you know what, that was fucked up. Once you can get to the point where you can say that and you really feel it, then you can have a conversation. Right. If so, if someone is not willing to put that on the table. We can't talk about equality. We can't talk about shit. Exactly. Right? But to your point, where does that come from? That comes from that generational sort of trauma that's passed down that says, oh, no, you can't talk to them because they're Asian. Mm-hmm. You can't talk to them because they're black. That's all. And it's taught. It's taught. It's definitely taught. And here's the thing. And I don't think people understand this is that, and I'm speaking to all my white brothers and sisters here. I don't think that you really understand that you were expected to maintain the status quo. So when I think about life in 2021 and all of these kids and their idol was Travis Scott. Yes. Have you, did you see his documentary? I've seen it. It's dope. Well, he was performing wow. in front of 14 people at a festival five years ago. And now he's selling out like 100,000 seat venues and a whole lot. But my point is, is that you were expected to maintain a system of oppression. Mm-hmm. And that's why I believe if anything's going to change, it's not going to be with people our age. It's always going to be people. It's always it's going to be the younger people. What are you always It's say? always going to be young people. Young people. Because they're, he- yeah, because their heroes, their heroes are so diverse. They're so, well, you know what I mean? They're, not only that, but they're exposed to so much more than any generation before Because us. information's literally at their fingertips. The, they're global youth, right? Right. If you think about it, what, even when we were growing up, yeah, I was some blacks and whites, and I have some friends from, you know, Taiwan. We went, to, we went to the same school, and you know, so not a lot. Right. But now these kids, now they live in a global, global society. That's right. Their TikToks, their Instagrams, their Twitter, all of it, their Facebook, all of it. So they've been exposed to so much more. So their mentality is different. If anything, you depend on the youth. Well, we talk to our kids, right? We have questions for them. We have great conversations at this table because they're young. We can learn so much more from them if we give them that opportunity. Not saying, oh, because you're young, you don't know, right? You're young, you're, you don't know. You have to ask them about, yes. about the world that they live in. Exactly. Um, so equality, it's, it's a... It sounds so simple. Yes, it does. We would think we would, we, would, we, would, we would get there, but the person that doesn't see you as a, as a as, as, as human right. is not going to treat you. So. So well, I, they may see you as human, but they probably won't see you as a but you But the way you just said it, you said it as if equality is an assumption for people. 
But, oh, we'll get there. It's equality. We'll get there. But you only get there when you put the work in, right? Mm-hmm. And I want people to understand that equality doesn't mean that your way of life is going to fundamentally change. No. We're Americans. Our, father, our way of life is never going to change short of aliens coming down. Short of us getting invaded, our way of life is never going to change. Because we're going to fight to hold on to it. But you can have an American existence and also achieve full equality. It's possible, but things are going to change. But what I'm saying is all the things you're fearful of were designed to be fearful. So that way, someone can maintain power and control over marginalized people. And like I said, this is the image they project out there of you and me. What they see, what they look like, this becomes... They never had to deal with you as a black person, but this is the image of you that they see. That's ingrained in them. This is who they are. This is what they do. And all that. Right. So those people are fearful of you. So so let me give an example of what I think equality looks like. I can remember being a freshman in college, walking back from class to my dorm, and a woman walks past me who lives in my dorm. I do not know her, but she walks past me. She looks at me. She smiles. I smile back. We don't speak, but she clutches her bag super tight. And it's out of instinct, out of habit, because that unconscious bias kicks in that I'm a tall, intimidating looking black man and I might mug her. I don't know her. I don't want anything from her. And most importantly, She has nothing to offer me that I'm interested in. But an entire society is built around the concept that she needs to feel threatened by me, even though she doesn't know me. What equality looks like is that happens in 2021 and the same person walks past me. They acknowledge my presence and they keep going. It's that simple. It really, it can be that simple. It should but be that simple. But I'm not into should. I'm not into should. I can't do that. I wipe my ass with should. No, I'm not into should. This has been going on. It's not going to be that easy. No, no. And I agree with you, Solomon. We have to put the work in. It's never going to be that easy. But to give people an example of what it could look like, that's what it could look like. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is. In could. a perfect world. Right. Like, Will we ever get there in our lifetime? I have a son that's eight years old. Will he ever see that? Here's what Will I will tell you. Always be perceived here's what I will tell threat? you. I would have told you no in 2005. But now that we've had a black president, I can't tell you that it won't happen. Because I didn't think I'd ever see a black president. Well, now that we've seen a black president, I've heard this. Isn't that enough for you guys? See, that's the problem. Why are you trying to cap it? Mm-hmm. You See, that's what I, I put it back on them. You make it seem as if we get, we get to a level that needs to be acceptable, but there's always a hierarchy. You framed it that way. Mm-hmm. It's not about it being enough. It can't ever be enough if there's a hierarchy. Equal is equal. There aren't levels to equal. When you have levels to it, it's greater than or equal to, right? It's less than or equal to. We're not talking about that shit. We're talking about equal. There are no levels to equal. It is apples to apples. 
Period. But that the has end. to be such a broad understanding. But that's the thing. When someone I, is like, well, you guys got a black president. Right. Well, and now you have a, 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 a black female VP. Well, we don't even know if she's really black. But it's not fucking magic. You don't get to wave a wand and say that, okay, it's over now. You don't get to do that because the system is still in place. And again, I go back to the point I made. The beauty, the absolute genius of white supremacy is that it's totally invisible to most of the people that benefit from it. It's invisible to them. That allows you to ask the question of, well, isn't that enough? Mm -hmm. And it's propaganda. You don't even realize. You've been brainwashed by it and don't even know it. And that was my point. (laughs) You asking that question because... You've been brainwashed so much that you don't know the difference. You can't tell the difference. You can't tell the difference. And it was all by design. It's baked in the cake. Right. People don't tell. It's baked in the cake. Mm-hmm. Right. The people and, that are going to profit from that. And I want to be clear about something. I am not mad or upset or frustrated with anyone who benefits from it. Because it's human nature. I can't tell you if I was in that position that I wouldn't relish in the fact that I'm benefiting from the system. It's human nature. I can't tell you that. What I'm saying is acknowledge that it exists and be my ally in dismantling it if you really care about me. If you don't give a shit about me, if you don't give a shit about people who look like me, then just say that and I respect that that's where you come from. But if you really genuinely care about me as an individual, as a human being, then be my ally and let's work together, to your point, let's work on a local level to dismantle this shit so we can achieve the type of equality. Because once you get to know me, you realize I'm not a threat. And the best example I can give of that, my brother came in town when he lived in Arizona. We went to meet a friend of his from high school who was a bartender. And this older white couple came in, and we had a conversation. We, I was talking to the, to, the, to, the, to the white guy, the gentleman, and he was in his like mid-50s. And we were talking about the concept of being like discriminated and oppression and all that. And he said he grew up in Dayton but in the 70s, but he moved to Alabama, and he were Catholic. So they don't do like Fish Fridays and, in the South and all. They don't do that. So he understood conceptually the concept of being oppressed or being discriminated against at a minimum. If I would have had 20 more minutes with that guy, he would have offered me a job. Just on the strength of the conversation. So that that did happen to us. And someone did offer us a job. See what I'm saying? It's possible when you see somebody's... Once you get past all the shit that... All the programming that you've been taught about this person's this, this person's this, this person's this. Because honestly, race, gender, all that shit is old. It's an old auditing tool. We need to categorize people so we know how to treat them. You're black, you're Asian, you're Latino, and we're going to treat you appropriately. Don't one ever stop to think, no, they're just human beings. And maybe we shouldn't treat other human beings that way. Because there was always money in the, there's money in the slave trade, there was money in discrimination, the whole nine. But now it's getting to the point where there's no money in it. Because businesses can't thrive. If you knew today that a business was out and out racist, that business wouldn't exist. So... We were at a local business. I start conversations with a smile. I'll, I'll gauge you and go from there. I made you around a little you're bit. You're good about that shit. <laughs> I'm nice, Dennis. Mm-hmm. You can't take that away from me. I may not agree with you all the time, but you can't disagree. No, no, that's all right. You, you are way better than me about that shit. 
That's yeah. That's that's a whole other podcast. podcast. Trust me. So start a conversation with a smile. This guy is clearly a Trump supporter until we start talking to him. Right. He brings it up himself because I may be at this point he's feeling guilty. I'm asking about, oh, what's how's your son's and blah, blah, blah. He's always oh, really sick. You know what? My thoughts are with you. Yeah. What do you do? What do you do for a living? I made something up. Yeah. Didn't even tell him where I work. Oh, well, you know, you, what do you do? You seem really smart. Where do you get your news from? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. He, hold he on, was hold on. pissed. He was hold pissed. Hold on, hold on. The... The ignorance in me kicked in for half a yeah. second. Please. Fuck you mean I seem smart. That was my question. But, but, but please continue with your story. That was his question to the guy. And mine is, I am very smart. That's right. I am. Let Mama ain't raised why. no fool. Because I read. Where, where do you get all your books? The library. Where do you get your news? Not Fox. And the funny, <laughs> the funny thing is, there's a library across the street from his his his. Business. His business. And he never goes. He, he, didn't, he doesn't even know it exists. Right. Until I told him, I said, you know, across the street, there's a library right there. You can get all in, all your sources from there. Right. Or you have an iPhone. He has an iPhone. It's like you have an iPhone. You can use that to get all the information that you and want. And this is where the job offer came in. I will pay you guys to come in and teach me how to use my phone. Whatever you want. I take you to dinner. I make it a business expense. Could you come in? And I'm like, oh, I'm free next weekend. He was like, fuck that. No, you ain't. You got stuff to do with your kids. And I, and I did I did not. Whoa, 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 Kibo Sabi. Stop pocket watching. You don't know how I spend my time. I'll yeah. be there next week. It's a goddamn steak dinner. Yeah. Potatoes and asparagus. Yeah. You know what I like. Nice red wine. Fuck you. Yes. That's exactly what I should have done. He was like, some what was people. What was the price? To me, it was that. For me, it was all right, Shakar. Do you have it? Do you have an opportunity here to change this man's perception? We did that without taking a job or the state dinner. Right, but what I'm saying is that's the exhausting part. But here's my thing that I know this is. I thought it was fun, but I was like, this, this, this old hack is he's fucked up. He's old. He's about to, you know, you know. Right. I need to waste my time. (laughs) 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 That was my outlook on it. But like she said, I mean, it's. He will, he will have dinner with his friends and say, hey, I saw these two people that came into my in my business and this is this is how they were. Can you believe it? But I think what you did is you showed a level of grace. Yes. And I think if we exercise that a little more or we show people a measure of grace. That that grace goes a long way. And I'm saying that because there have been times in my life where I've exercised that and it was the right thing. There were times where I didn't exercise that and it turned out to be the wrong thing. That like grace is not a a bad thing. You know what I mean? And you exercise grace. Because I'm kind of in Solomon's camp. Like, fuck you mean I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, like that's me. But at the same time, I understand ignorance like at a fundamental level. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know what you don't know, and a lot of shit is programmed into you. Programmed yes. into you. And so it's difficult once you become an adult to unprogram yourself. Mm-hmm. Like that is a constant state of work to unprogram the things that you have been taught that you might know are wrong. 
You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, uh, to the point where I got to think, I got to make sure I'm careful about how I say this. If there is one person that, like, I genuinely love in my life who's, like, my second mom, and I can say that because she's your second mom. Like, I love her unconditionally. If she called me right now and would said, I need you, I drop, he- I drop everything and I move heaven and earth for her. And so when I hear people talk negatively about her people, I feel a certain type of way about that shit. But you weren't like that until when? No, I was always like that. That was always in me. But the difference is because it became a human connection, mm-hmm. that feeling leapt tenfold. I always felt that way because oppression's oppression. You know what I'm saying? Discrimination is discrimination. But when you can connect it to someone you genuinely love and care about, mm-hmm. that shit goes out the window. Yep. You know what I'm saying? That, like, we need much more of a human. So in order to fix it, to address it, what you're talking about, you're right. We have to see each other much more as a human, on a human level. But while we're trying to do that, we still have to address all the, the systemic yes. and institutional yes. shit. And that takes time. That's brick by brick. That's the hard work. You know what I'm saying? I think it's all hard work, though, because not everybody can show people grace. Right? Not everyone has that patience. Right? I've raised four kids and a couple extras. So you have to have patience for that. You have to be willing to see people for who they really, really are. And in a lot of cases, I see people for who they are. And I'll I'll, I'll treat you, right? I'll treat you like that. But at the same time, that's just how he was. And I understood that. But that's an individual. Yes. That's an individual you happen to run into once. Can we put grace in the system is a question. That's rhetorical. Can, yeah. can you build you grace go. into the system? That's humanity into the system. The system that you're talking about has a lot to do with education. The education system. Oh, yeah. How people, how we see ourselves. The stuff that we do, how can we change that? So I think I, I think the solution is, and I'm I've been accused of oversimplifying things, but plenty of times, I, yeah. But fuck it, don't say ten words and five will do. Like it is what it is. <laughs> but I think what we're really talking about is we need to build grace and humanity into the system. What is grace? But, but here's the thing. But hold on. But that doesn't mean. But hold on. Well, that's true. But what I'm saying is that has to be a factor in how it's built. But you can do that and still achieve accountability. You see what I'm saying? Like there is a there is the universe is about balance, and I'm gonna give you the best example I can give you about how the universe is about balance. 2016. The Cavs make the finals, are down 3-1 to Golden State. LeBron brings them all the way back, and they win 4-3 in a Game 7, and the Cavs are world champs. Cleveland, this is for you. Like, all that shit. Yeah. Fast forward to October of the same year. The Indians are up 3-1 on the Cubs. They got one game to win. They get to Game 7 at home. They get to the ninth inning, and it starts to rain. And it's like a two-hour rain delay. And the Cubs come out, and the Cubs are in the dugout, and they're all like, we're not losing this game. Don't worry about it. We got it, but we come too far. We're not going to lose it. And keep in mind, the Cubs haven't won the World Series in like 100 years. 
The Cubs came out and they won that game seven because the universe said if the Cavs are down 3-1 and they win, there's no fucking way the Indians are going to fucking win up 3-1. The universe is about balance. You can achieve balance. You can show grace and humanity in the system and still hold people accountable. It is absolutely possible. How many times do you know of people on our job that got let go and the manager was like, that was the hardest fucking thing I ever had to do. I did not want to do it. And they did it with a measure of grace and humanity. And they, But they held them accountable because that was their job and the situation demanded it. Mm-hmm. Hell, you've probably done that. Unfortunately. Right. It is possible. That's what needs to change in the system. If we got to that... If we started to bake that into the cake, all of a sudden you might start seeing things change. But the change is going to be slow. And I think that's the other thing that people got to realize. Change is not an overnight thing. Change is slow. Keep in mind, Civil Rights Act of, what is that? Uh, Of 65, the Voting Rights Act of 64. That's only like 60 years ago. Like that's, like people are still living with that memory. You saw the people that um, 107 year old lady from Tulsa, Oklahoma, who survived the race and she testified, right? Like this is still a living memory for people. It is, but the point is, is that you can achieve both grace and humanity and accountability. It's not an absolute. It's not a zero-sum game. And if Congress gets a hold of shit, they overreact to it. They're always heavy-handed. So to Solomon's point, it's all about what happens at a local level. And sometimes what tends to happen is, once you start talking about things like equality, people think you're talking about them. They take it as if it's, a, it's, a, it's an affront to them. They 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 their sense of being, their morality, whatever they might think of it. People mm-hmm. take it personal. Yeah, because people personalize People you. personalize yeah. stuff. Yeah. But it's, it's, if you are not in that category, why can't you just step back and say, you know what? Maybe I should do a little bit of research. Maybe I should read some more. Maybe I should interact with people a little bit different. You, you got to slow down, though. The human's mind is not meant to slow down. It's meant to, you know, we're, we're still working on that survival mode, right? We got to boom, protect ourselves. Boom, boom, boom. We're here. So that takes some time for people to slow down. It's hard for me to identify with that. But like he, he said, it's not a zero-sum game. It's not a zero-sum it's game. It's not a zero-sum game. But I guess for me, it's hard for me to identify that because I've always been a little more of an intellectual compared to my friends. So I actually sit and think about these things. Yes. So it, it, I, I can't identify, and but I, I know. Cannot. But to your point, I realize I'm in the minority on that. Like I acknowledge yes. that. I acknowledge that I'm in the minority. But it's hard for me to identify with making snap rash decisions all the time. Or I have a difficult time with saying we need to hold all these people accountable when it's my turn to be accountable. Mm-hmm. I'll be held accountable. All of a sudden, well, the circumstances are different. No, not really. No, not really. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, if you're going to be Matt Gates, then go be Matt Gates. But we're going to hold you accountable for that shit. That's just, <laughs> that's just how I feel about it. Um, so but thank- accountability and, and equality are... They're not at odds. Yeah. You can achieve both. 
You can achieve accountability and equality. You can. You can build grace and humanity into the system. You can. Because here's an example of that. In the 80s, when it's crack cocaine everywhere and they're giving everybody drugs, everybody's getting drug sentences of 40 to life and it's disproportionately black and brown people. Mm-hmm. Now what? Now, and, and keep in mind, this is like single black mothers who are possession of crack cocaine because they're just trying to get high and escape life for a little bit and you threw them in jail for 20 years. But mm-hmm. so, so the same woman who just happens to be white gets picked up in Worthington 20 years later. Well, she needs to go to rehab. That's the system. That's what that's what we're talking about. But that's the system. Grace and humility in it. Right, because but because, what, it, because they see those people as humans. Right. And they didn't see us. They that didn't way. see us as humans. They didn't see us Therefore that way. Therefore the difference. They, no, and to be clear, it's not that they didn't see us as humans, they saw us as a threat. There you go. And I think that's the difference. And no, 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 I think I think I think they didn't. Because in order to justify what they do, they have to make you look a certain way. Those sentences, That's true. they have to make you look like you, you, like criminality, you being black is criminal. Is criminal. Mm-hmm. Just, you, just by... It is, they, rep, they weaponize the color black, of your skin. They weaponize the color of your skin. You are a criminal, so I'm not going to let that say no, they're not. No, it is, because if they ever say you as a human being, those disparities wouldn't be there. But what I'm saying is, is that the way it works a lot of times is you can weaponize it against us. But once you start to realize that it affects you too, because all of a sudden that reflection comes. And now it's like, you know what? That was wrong. And the way, and the way, and the way you see that is, is that when these marijuana laws get opened up in certain states, they also expunge people's records. They also, because they realize, you know what, we went way too far on this. This is the right thing to do, is to expunge people's records. Now. But I don't think, here's my thing though, like I always say, the crime is never wicked until it reaches your doorstep. Yes, that's true. It was never an issue for you because I'm the other. Yeah. You don't see me in you. Yeah. You can't see me in you. Therefore, you will drive these laws to make sure you keep me in jail. And the way you can do that, you build prison. Somebody else is profiting from it. That's right. It's the same thing. You can't excuse that. Those two things, I think if people ever see us as humans, they see us as themselves, those things will never come into play. Empathy. Yes. Empathy. 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 Right. Exactly. So it's empathy, grace, humanity. It's all of that stuff. There's a way to build that into the system and still hold people accountable. How do you build that into the system? It takes time. It's not an overnight thing. It's not. The way you like, build but you know in- what? It was an overnight thing when this whole drug crisis that we're in now. Well, but, you also like, but I think the other, th- other thing that we're underestimating is American culture. American culture is we see a problem and we drop the hammer. American culture is, oh, I have an ant infestation. I'm not calling organ. I'm just going to take a blowtorch and I'm just going <laughs> to blow them all to hell. And you cannot do that with every problem. You know what I mean? But I think they do that with, with, with perceived problems about the other. If exactly. It is there, if, it is, if it is 
if it affects the, the, the majority, and um, they think about it, they reason about it, that's why you have all these rehab centers popping up. Um, help, uh, what do you call it? Because there's, the, there's money in the rehab game. There is. There's money in the rehab game. There's money in the rehab game. There's money in the rehab game. When crack was an epidemic, there there was no money in it. No, because the people that were suffering from it didn't have the means to pay for it. It's different. Like sixty minutes did a really good story about going, and they came to Columbus and interviewed people in Worthington and Pickerington, and it was like these are kids that are addicted. These are high school kids that are addicted to opiates because they got hooked on the pills. And then when the pills ran out, they started going to the streets and started shooting up heroin. And the ki- and the parents are like, "Listen, I gotta save my child," which is a very human thing. But the difference is, they don't want their kid thrown in jail. I don't want their child thrown in jail. But the thing about it but is, our kids were thrown. But in jail. the grace that you're exhibiting towards those children were not exhibited to people who look like me and you twenty and thirty years ago because it was, and that's the propaganda. You were taught to believe that we're all junkies and we live in the yeah, hood. When the truth of the matter is, it's a human issue. It's a health issue and it's a human issue. And if you think about it in that context, then maybe we can... A rising tide lifts all boats, right? But we have to interject humanity and grace and empathy into the system. But that doesn't mean... That you don't hold people accountable. You can't achieve that balance. But I can hear my liberal friends saying it is about humanity and grace and empathy. I hear my conservative friends say, oh, it is about accountability. What I'm saying is compromise is not a dirty word. You can achieve all of that inside of the same system. I'm not a threat to you. People who look like me are not a threat to you. That means the propaganda has to change. That's what I'm saying. But people profit off the propaganda. Newspeak? We have to. And we enable those things sometimes. Like we do because they're safe. We, we enable the propaganda to be more than what it should be. By not being collected. By not being collected. I'll bought it full circle that time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you miss Penny Thursdays? No, no, I don't, and I don't miss all the Beyonce either. I gotta be honest with you. Come on, don't let that beehive come for you. I'm not a part of the beehive. I'm just a fan. Bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> You're a biggest fucking champion. I am. I'm not gonna lie to you. Your pinky fingers in the air right now. Yes. Those, yeah. Those exactly. albums are dope. Yeah, exactly. You get engaged. Just, if you like it, you just put a ring on. Yeah, fuck all that. Anyway. So I digress. So um, I want to thank you guys for jumping on here because this was really good. This was really good. Are you? <laughs> I miss fighting with you, Dennis. Nah, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> no, like we we have these conversations often. Oh, no, this is like this is like three days a week at lunch. Yeah. Yes. Easy. This people is like, think we're arguing. And we're oh, all the time. We're, arguing. we're just talking. Uh, all the time. But this is family, though. But you have to have different perspective and things so but, we can see each other's points. And I will tell you, Solomon. And respect. I, and I, uh, you, that, too. And I will tell you, I told somebody this today. I said, I'm a big believer as I get older in the concept of 
I'm always trying to challenge what I think I know. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way I can ever grow if, if I stay in the bubble and I think I have an answer for everything. That takes courage. And that's the fallacy of man. That so you guys have given me perspective on things that I had not considered. Even if I may not agree with them, I acknowledge that that perception is out there and it may end up shaping how I perceive things in the future. But I would have never done that if I hadn't put it out there to challenge it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And that's important because I don't know everything and and, and I don't claim to know everything. But how else are we going to grow as people if we don't do that? If someone says they know everything, I'm mistaken. They're sadly mistaken. Sadly if you think mistaken. you know everything, you're oh, a fool. It, well, no. Only a fool knows everything. Yeah, yeah. Only a fool knows only everything. Only a fool knows everything. Exactly. And, but here's the thing. And uh, Well, no. Nah, I'm not going to say that. What I'm going to say is, you're right. Only a fool knows everything. You know, Doobie Brothers is a good song, What a Fool Believes. Oh, my man right there. Doobies. You like the Doobie Brothers? Oh, yeah. I want to go see them. I've, I've seen them in concert. Yeah. This is one of the first shows I worked when I worked at Polaris at Doobie Brothers. I want to see them in Cincinnati. <laughs> so on that note, I want to thank you guys um, for jumping on the pod. And for those of you guys that are listening out here, um, love to hear what you guys thought about this episode. So email the pod at talltattedandeducated at gmail.com. And with that, uh, we'll holler at you guys later. You guys take care. Thank you guys for jumping on. This was, this was a good time. Yeah, you're very welcome. All right. Thank you. Peace. Thanks.